Now, the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is July 17th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing good. Just just uh hanging out. I you know, I feel like this is uh this tournament's got a little bit of uh 2003 in it. We got VJ, Ernie, and Tiger all in the top 25. <laughs> kind of incredible, right? Unbelievable. A little bit of a stiffer test. Does maybe the old heads have more of the patience to, to make their way through it? These guys who've had to live not necessarily under the live under par regime. Maybe they, you know, lived at even par regimes and, and not, not always under par. I think a big part of it is the wind is such yeah. a good equalizer and it lends itself so much to experience and just skilled shots when it gets really blustery like it was today. So uh, it's so it's like what fifteen miles is gusting to thirty something today, right? It was crazy this morning. Was nuts. I turned hey. it on and I just saw trees like blowing like crazy. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Yeah, yeah. You know that might be a factor also. Uh, the Swe- Swedish pancake, who we'll talk more about, is you know he's not much of a competitive golfer anymore, but I think he's top twenty five. I think in, talk- the, in the one and done league, I think that's my guy this week because I messed up. Oh, did you double up? Yeah, I messed up because in one of my my main one and done league, uh, I the first the first week is the Sony, and I took oh my God. Xander for the uh, tournament of champions. So oh, okay. in that league, I took Xander, but Xander shot like six over. So Swedish pancake. I know. Upgrade. What did you get? You make more money than I do on the Swedish pancake. I took Webb, who's like could be number one in the world this week. You might get, yeah. Anyways, I was researching the pancake, and they talked about how he just—it's all feel. Like he just loves to kind of. That's why I did Harbor Town. He just loves to shape shots and like feel his way around the court. It kind of speaks to your playing in the wind. He likes to. He understands how to just like throw the ball up and work it around and move it with the conditions as they dictate. So. Yeah, you really have to hit the ball well in the wind, and there's no, yeah, especially sure. at the court at a course uh, like Har- uh, like um, Muirfield Village, because you get a lot of uneven lies out there also, and then the targets sure. into the greens are really small. So you have to hit it so good when it's windy like this. And I think we saw some premium uh, ball strikers rise up to the top. You know, in older, a little bit more grizzled. Uh, uh, veterans it featured, you know, with uh, your uh, Gary Woodland, your Charles Howell, Howell Tony Finau, obviously. He's a great ball striker. Um, yep. Ryan Palmer, even Brendan Steele. Big day for Wilson. <laughs> Whoa, but <laughs> yeah, Wilson, two top, two guys in the top three. Unfortunately, I'm... neither of them can use that driver. <laughs> Is Steele not a Triton guy either? I don't or think Cortex? so. I think Woodlands uses the ping, I guess. 
is what people have told yeah, me. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I didn't know Steele was. Lucas Glover, another hitter. You know, another guy. Oh, that, yeah. Solid striker. Uh, good. Fantastic. Jordan Spieth, another solid striker of the golf ball in the top 10. You know what? what he had a, he had a decent day hitting the ball. He wasn't. He it was, was pos- not all putting. Yeah, it was. Po- he was positive. It, of course, like the one thing that sticks out is he picked up two and a around half shots green. around yeah. the greens, and you have to yeah. say to yourself, "Is this a sustainable recipe?" But he was positive <laughs> approaching the green and off the tee, which is huge. He picked up strokes tee to green. Yeah, and, was it just one chip in around the green or something? It must have been a couple of great shots. It had to shots. be a couple of great shots. Okay. But he he also played in the morning, which was the by far the more difficult wave. Maybe yep. part of it was he got a little bit of the spotlight. No PGA Tour Live taken off of him. Oh, really? He was toiling in obscurity. Yeah, Is that was, accurate? Mm-hmm. So I saw he made eagle. I didn't expect to talk speed at the top. Eagle then dumped one in the water. The next or dumped. They couldn't find his ball. It was embedded or was it? What was the deal there? Or was it just in the water? What what happened? Okay. Okay. So he went eagle double back to back. That's like the speed terrain there. So Finau leads. He's six under. Shot sixty six. Not the uh, most surprising development. Uh, We saw. Broke 60 at his home course. Of course, such a, you know, your home situation, not a competition. Does it seem like he's taking the Bryson route, though, in play, in tournament competition? It's hard to tell. He's like a really, he's an incredible talent. It's unsurprising that he shot 66. He didn't shoot 66 just because he's chasing some further distance and speed like Bryson, but. He t- uh, I think he, that's what we're going to be watching with him. Yeah, he uh, he talked to Todd Lewis after the round and talked yep. about how he was working a little bit on it. He's trying to just get it up to like 190, low 190s, okay. where he can okay. he feels like he can control it. And he, I mean, he was second in driving distance on all drives today. Today, but like he's always long. This is not like he's going. For, look, Bryson's weird because he went from 45 to first. Tony Finau right. is, is yes. a top five distance guy on tour. I think he might have led the tour either last year or the year before, maybe both years in distance. So this is not a short hitter. He's just putting a little bit extra in the tank because he's got a ton he's got a ton of yards in the tank. He's one of the guys on, on sure. tour. It is interesting that he made early made a point early in his career. I was thinking about this the other day to rein in his distance for accuracy. And then on Wednesday when he played that Pro-Am, he talked about how he yeah. was so surprised that when he swung so hard, it went so it straight. stayed straight, yeah. What changed in the... Equipment? Are you going down that road? It's become even more benign, more beneficial to just... I've always self-correcting the forgiveness that they've built for the regular golfers probably helped the tour pro more than anything. I don't know if this is a fact, but at some point Tony Finau made the concerted decision because in talking with people who knew Tony when he was younger, he used to just murder the ball. Like he hit it forever and he's reined it in a ton when he played on tour. So the question is he made this move to, control it more and obviously he didn't have control now he could be a better golfer it could be a little two things could be true he could be a better golfer and the equipment helps him go after it more now because of the forgiveness factor of it sure 
Uh, could be a second straight week with the uh, PR Open curse. Really, an exposition of that. Oh. With uh, we had Pavlin last week at Mirrorfield, and now we got Fina. You know, an incredible talent, right? An amazing talent who just uh, top tens at Ryder Cup teams, top fives at playoffs, whatever, but just doesn't seem to have banked the wins yet. Could be, I don't know, big Ricky version of Ricky, right? No? Yeah. He's more talented than well, Ricky. Much it, more talented. I, I don't know if he's much more. I, he is. Yeah, I think yeah that's, that's strong to say. It, I think the other thing, I mean, Ricky's won five times, six times. That's true. That's true. He's won the players, too. Finau's won the PR. But <laughs> Finau did have the top tens in all four majors like Ricky. Oh, that's a good point. Good point. Good comp there between those two. Okay. Uh, let's talk about just real quick on the course a little bit more. So they're shutting the course down. There's also the fact that it's Jack. Like, do you think this is one, one of the few stops on the PGA tour where Jack to use our favorite phrase can kind of put his thumb on the scale with the slugger zone and really sort of override is not the safe way. There's a strong, really strong voice in the room that can tell these setup guys and these tour officials. No. You're not doing that. And especially with the added benefit of like, they can kind of really stretch the course given that they're closing it and it doesn't need to be even alive going into next month. Absolutely. And especially given the fact that Jack did the tour a big solid yeah. <laughs> and, and brought that, brought the tournament in last week, which got him, I'm, I'm guessing a little bit more leverage. Yeah. He was motoring around in his cart all day Wednesday. Hey, Barbara, you know, doing that whole thing. He and was in the booth for extended. He spoke very, he was very adamant about distance in the booth. Oh, yeah. I didn't get to see much of the coverage. I actually played golf today. So fast. I didn't see much of the coverage this afternoon. What was he saying about distance? He he took a shot at the USGA. Oh, God. And the RNA. Why? I mean, Why? He, he was like, it's about time they did something. They've been talking about doing something <laughs> for a long time. Uh, he said, let me pull it up exactly. But it's convenient for him now to say that, right? It isn't well, he like out of I the ball spoke, game. And he spoke uh, yeah. out about this for he spoke out about this for a long time. Sure. I'm not saying he's it's got ulterior motives. I but mean, it's Tiger just, it spoke out about this talked in about 2000. That's true. These That's guys true. have been speaking. The best players in the ever have been speaking out about this for decades. So he said, you just can't keep making golf courses longer. You don't have the land. And the golf ball is such a simple thing to fix. And then sh- shortly after, he said, um, "It's why don't he said something along the lines of uh, here. T.K. Kelly tweeted this back. This is yep. his quote. Stop studying it and do something. Ooh, putting throwing the hammer down, kind of like that's a direct challenge, right? The Marty sleeps and Mike Davis and others. Like, let's just let's get over with it. I mean, we should also say we recorded Tuesday. Bryson talking about his 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 strategy for thirteen at Augusta could also be a direct challenge in the face, kind of to a, another. I don't know if it's governing body, but a body that could certainly create you know make a significant impact right away and the way not only it regulates its own tournament but golf at large so if if bryson goes and just makes a mockery of augusta national with the 
you know, Ridley talks so much about shot values and yeah. r- restoring the the same shot values and the momentous decision on the thirteenth and yep. all this stuff. They just poured quoting a ton Bobby of money, Jones poured a ton momentous. of money into the fifth hole renovation, buying land. Um, if Bryson goes there and is just hitting flip wedges everywhere, like he's doing everywhere he's playing, that's I think going to be the real instigator for change because at the end of the day Augusta National like so many people have talked about they're the ones that kind of hold the hammer and they can do whatever they want at the Masters they could impose like hey you need to play this type of driver this this head and this ball and nobody's not showing up everybody's gonna show up Yep, Tiger's still playing the Masters, and nobody's not going to fall in line behind Tiger, too. You know, everybody, and it's the Masters. Everybody's playing the Masters. So, all right, let's get back to the course real quick. Other than the wind, did you like the conditions? I mean, the wind certainly added an element. I, I saw Justin Thomas had a quote like, you know, it's just completely different. It's not even close to the same. And he goes, I don't want to say it's not a disadvantage. I don't want to say it's a disadvantage, which kind of seems like he wants to say it was a disadvantage he played there last week and then has to play this week i i don't know maybe maybe he truly is not trying to say that but do you think that's the case if you played there last week more college struggled out of the gates a lot of the best players in the world really struggled was it a disadvantage to play this in the conditions last week and now show up today i don't think so if you are a golfer that goes about and prepares with practice rounds it, it, well tiger could- said it was a lot different even from his practice round Tuesday. Tuesday, but, but what were you doing Wednesday? Go out to the course Wednesday. A course can change. They always talk about how Augusta changes so much from Wednesday to Thursday. Yeah, and I'm sure that they had something like that. But if you're out there, you're going to know. And if it's not raining, like it hasn't been raining this week, you're going to know the course can get pushed more and more and more. And if it doesn't right. rain, I'm we're going to see a really firm golf course with with undulated fairways, like they're sloping those fairways, which makes yes. it great because you have to be so precise with those tee shots when the fir- fairways get firm. And on some holes, you might need to hit a certain shape because of the way the the hole cambers against the way where you want to be. You might have to hit a cut on a hole because it's the fairways running right to left, and and you really want to be that's the neat thing about it and the greens are small or or the targets not necessarily the greens but the targets are small so you have to be in the fairway to hit it at those targets it would seem like they're only going to continue to make it at least this challenging if not more challenging right firm and faster and you was it evident today from viewing at home like you could see it just crispier and and bouncier I'll i'll tell you what was evident is the pace of play that was my next talking point. What happened? Just because it was more difficult? Yeah, more difficult golf course is going to slow down these guys, especially the pros. when the greens get really fast. Um, it, they take a lot more time on the on the greens. But also, you know, there's more time chipping, and the chips are, are, are tougher because of the firmness and the speed and the thickness of the rough. I'm guessing they just have not cut the rough since last week. Last week. What what was going on? I mean, it just seemed brutal. Was it just the, the wind? The, the wind was insane. Is the I know, but with the pace, somebody I mean, alleged like it should be 
kind of the, the tour should be fined or the tour should be reprimanded for putting Cantlay and Bryson together. I was seeing was crazy numbers. How many hours to play just 10 holes? A lot of people tweeted sluggers out there monitoring the situation. It seemed excessive early, like right away within the first you know hour of play with huge backups. Tiger's waiting. I think he waited like then late in the day, 15 minutes or so on a par three to hit into it just... Is it all just dictated by conditions? Then they're slow to begin with. The so. conditions plus the slow the slowness of those guys. I think yeah. that's the thing. Remember, remember when this year was supposed to be a big year of pace play change? <laughs> play. Yeah, that obviously. Oh, oh look at that! The Everything's out the one. Fourth resident, the Papa Porath's got a, uh, a phone <laughs> landline. Oh yeah, I'm recording from my parents' house tonight so, in their office. Your podcasts are calling, recording from your parents' house. Parents' basement? No, not the basement. They're all, yeah, that would have been too on the nose. So, uh, but any any other thoughts on round one? Ricky just complete second DFL shot one twenty seven. Thank God for David Lingmert. You know he's he's one better than DFL. Did you Couple see Phil's putting stroke? No, he's no. pausing. When he gets it back. What? Yeah, he's paused. It's like Hideki. Is it for certain distances, certain putts, just all of them, certain grips? Because he switches grip. It seems like all of them. How long's the pause? It's like like It's like a Hideki pause. What did he explain the rationale for that? For I haven't looked up quotes, so I don't. I don't know. think he's probably yeah. He's T twenty five. You know, lingering. Uh, anything else on Columbus from from Muirfield Village? Bryson gains three point one shots off the tee. Do you know how absurdly good that is? And he shot one over. That's the 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 funny thing. He called it a twilight zone round because he had two drives over four hundred yards, shot seventy three. How about he's like quoting like. His numbers by feel, yeah. He's like, I hit it high on the face. It definitely came out with a sub two thousand spin. I think just one ninety one ball speed. He's just saying this based off field. Can you tell RPMs off field? Do you know that information? Me? I guess if you're a professional, yeah. <laughs> Your face, <laughs> me. I mean, when you're a professional, I guess they can they can understand that. So I mean, you know was- when you hit a knuckler, but. I guess uh, he uses he uses TrackMan on every shot so much. Yeah, that is yeah. probably like a second language to him. Yeah, the on the dis- distance, I sometimes can't believe it. There are years when I hit five iron into one, and he had forty six yards today. It's wild. I'm just blessed that I've been able to figure out some stuff with the driver. So forty six yards when he said he used to hit five iron. To be fair, he also got like a hundred yards roll. Yeah, that's true. He has seventy five. I think it carried three forty five and rolled to four twenty six. So he gained what three shots? You said three point three point two. Okay. Okay. Insane. Where did he lose them? Just kind of a mix of around the green approach. And approach it looks like approach and yeah. putting okay. around the green everywhere else. The. Uh, I mean, this is this is the type of setup. So this is this is closer to a major championship setup in terms of, especially yeah. through round one. If it if it doesn't rain, and they keep this firmness and this the thick rough and the tucked pins on a on a difficult golf course, 
this is could be a glimpse, you know, to a certain extent, like Wingfoot, where he could get it really close, but it's not always an advantage to be that close when you've got a really bad angle and you're coming out of rough. You can't on a firm green and you, and the slopes are going the other way. You can't. It doesn't work. You know. I was, but yeah. So I was. I would say that if if it. If it holds firm, and I'm guessing he had a bad day, but we saw the same thing at Detroit, but he could get away with it just because it wasn't very penalizing around the greens and and the firmness of the greens was not there like it is right now at at Muirfield Village. Could the the winning score be lower than Harding Park this week? Or higher, I'm sorry, than Harding Park in a couple weeks? Oh yeah. I mean, if they like, keep it going and they really push it to the limit on the greens, absolutely. You know, Harding Park, right? Kerry Haig's gonna have a tough time getting you the saying- ten, ten under number that he always strives for at Harding Park. Why do you say that? It's Just short. It's, it's too not short. hard. The greens are not <laughs> difficult, and yep. I just un- the rough's gonna have to be like ten inches long there. Yeah, yep. it's just not a very <laughs> difficult golf course. 10 inches. All right. A couple more things. Finau gained, by the way, you know, we talk about how he's an amazing talent ball striker. He gained 4.41 strokes uh, on the green too. Second best putting mark of his SG putting day of his career, I believe. Uh, on Spieth, I just can't do these quotes anymore. I've actually made a lot of progress. It may not kind of look like that via results, but I've made a lot of progress in how I'm seeing sight lines, committing to lines. All in all, now it's just about trying to kind of find the timing element as I go up the back. The rest of the game is starting to feel kind of back to normal, and I'm kind of piecing together my swing. But the timing element is what's kind of left for me. That just comes from on-course reps. I'm sorry. He's the boy who cried progress. Like, I can't. I can't. Like, I feel like I read that quote this time last year, and I read it like 100. I love speed. I want it to be awesome. But, like, what's he I don't supposed know. What, those don't mean anything. I know. I know. What's he supposed to say? I know. I know. I've given up. He's... I've lost all hope. <laughs> no, I think he's got to believe in that. I think that may be, in fact, be the truth. But I, I just think these writers like plug these into these stories, like he's, and take it at face value, like he's back. And that's that's more the issue. It's like we never look at it with any kind of well. And a lot of people are skeptical. I guess I should say. Just the article I read it in, it just didn't seem to provide enough context around that. I know that's what he's got to say. He's got to believe in himself. All right. We got Tiger played too, you know, one under. Oh, shit, did he? How about that? Started two under through his first four. A uh, little sloppier. Yeah, it, it was rust, rusty round. He hit a lot of really good shots, but he gave a lot of silly mistakes and, you know, a bunch of bogeys. It's just one of those things when you can always see when somebody come, comes back from a long layoff is they just make a lot of bogeys typically. He didn't kill the par fives, which is something that, you do when you're really dialed in. You know, you only made one yes. birdie on a par five, and yep. I think that's where I would I would say he should get better as the week goes on. Uh, it was very promising. He hit some really good wedge shots today. So and uh, yeah, I think he he looks great. He looks good. Looks yeah. very good. He had an interesting press conference too. It just seems like I I don't know why does he need to play. Does he need to play this event? I think he. I think needs he plays play, this because of Jack. But go ahead. He needs to play one or two tournaments before majors, just so he gets the competitive rust off. Because playing sure. competitive golf 
is different than playing with, you know, Charlie. Docking <laughs> up pri- privacy in the Cucamonga Bay or whatever it is called. Calistoga. Cowabogi Bay. Something like that. Calistoga. All right. So, yeah, he looks good. Okay. Um Let's do a other quick results, whatever. You know, Austin Smotherman leads on the KFT. This is TPC now at the Oaks, not at the Canyons. So he leads. It's two rounds into that. He leads Derek Ernst. Wow. Paul Barjan, Max McGreevy, Bobby Diaz, all seven under. So that's halfway point down in San Antonio. Uh, guys are shooting mid-60s, so maybe the wind's not blowing like it used to. At the Uram Open, Uram Bank. Used Luton. I think he was leading last week too for a minute. He shot, he's 12 under. So that'll all change by the time you listen to it. Those are your current results. The Uram. Uh, Uram. Uram. Let's do our uh, Smith Devereaux Friday birthday read. Smith Devereaux now has a website for us. There are wine guys. It is smithdevereaux.com slash shop slash SGS. That sounds and important there, to have wine guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good to have wine guys they're now all our wine guys um so smith devereux d-e-v-e-r-e-u-x dot com slash shop slash sgs and that's you the know, thing. one of the steve is your wine guy too he he would love to hear from you and if, uh, he he wants you know if somebody's got a question don't feel feel free to reach out to him that's what's incredible. He goes, if you, on this landing page, he goes, if you need any recommendations or someone to get around in with, email me, Steve. I mean, that's kind of personalized service. This yeah. is some removed founder of the company who just doesn't want to hobnob with the peasants. He's a shotgunner. He wants to email him. He'll give you a wine recommendation. Anyway, on our landing page, we have a couple, few of our favorites on there. Uh, he's also planning some... Gifts, activations, maybe you might call them. If you join the wine club, a few fun things, knickknacks here and there. But on the on the uh, landing page, we have a few of our favorites. We have the Friday Junior three packs, which you know you can tell he's one of us if he he created something called the Friday Junior three pack. It's seventy five dollars. It's on sale. Normally ninety three dollars. Three three bottles for seventy five bucks uh, on sale for the Friday Junior enthusiasts out there. Um, so Let's that's our. Let's get That's to our the website. birthday. Birthday. What's the website again? SmithDevereaux.com slash SGS or slash shop slash SGS. Let's get to our birthday winner. Via random drawing by Mrs. Friday, Tommy Harrelson, which was nominated by his brother Daniel Harrelson, wins the bottle of wine. Happy birthday to my brother Tommy, who introduced me to SGS back in the days when real estate run on Hosan Island was heating up. That was a long time ago. And Andy was trying to sell. His birthday was July 14th, which happens to be Bastille Day. Couldn't tell you what Bastille Day actually is, but I know it's a French thing. It's Smith Devereaux sounds French, French too. So happy French Day to you, Tommy, and the guys at Smith Devereaux. Honorable mention from Mrs. Fried Egg for, quote, the future Mrs. Proper Golf. This was hand-selected out of sympathy. Okay, by Mrs. Fried Egg. Yeah. Suzanne, nominated by her husband, Jaeger Kovich, an architect, yeah. designer, right? Golf Friend architect. of the program. Yep. Did I say Jaeger right or is it Jaeger? Did I say that? That's correct. Okay. He, he like came Dave to our Yeager. live show. Like Dave Jaeger, the, uh, the former Memphis Grizzlies basketball coach. Oh, Remember yeah. those came years? To our, yes. What was it? I mean, uh, grit and Grind? Was he Grit and Grind or was that Lionel Hollins? I don't think he was. Maybe I don't know if he was around that long. I think so. he was. He he coached Zebo and Gasol and 
I that love that better. Memphis Grizzlies team. Yeah, I love that team. That that, that was that was fantastic. If they, All right, if they so just s- were one one wing guy away from maybe being NBA championship team. Suzanne's birthday shout out has now deviated into talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. What the hell? Let's, uh, so her birthday was July 14th. She could definitely use a bottle of your finest wine to drown out the COVID wedding planning sorrows, not to mention married into the golf biz. So this hit a note with Mrs. Fried Egg, who told her to drink up and run while she still can. Maybe, you know, you and <laughs> maybe, Jaeger. Maybe bad, bad, advi- bad advice. <laughs> Sounds terrible advice from Mrs. Fried Egg. So now Jaeger was trying to get a... Uh, Bottle of wine, and he ended up with uh, advice from Mrs. Fried Egg to his wife to run because <laughs> she's marrying a fellow golf nut like you. All right. So, Smith Devereaux, thanks to them every Friday, free bottle of wine for a random Our Birthday podcast because we're yeah. now a birthday podcast. SGS right. birthdays at gmail.com is the email. Yes. I hate this SGS. segment. Let's move on. You got to be 21. You got to send your full name and your age. All right. Fans, no fans at Safeway. This is quick news. Sounds like we're going to keep doing that. Monahan said U.S. Open could be the first with fans. I don't know why he's saying that or why he has authority to say that. I don't think that's going to happen. Seems I don't like know. he's I'm trying just... to just deflect some stuff. Uh, so that, that's that's the update on the fans. But we're moving into next season now if Safeway is not going to have fans. Steph Curry, it sounds like he's getting back. They're working that out again. Host an annual event at Harding Park. Sounds like it would be in September as well. Do you think Corner, he'd play sort of, in it as part of the hosting duties? I think that'd be hard to do. People would cry foul. If he gave himself a sponsor's exemption, more, more or less, or a host exemption, it's in, in conjunction with Workday. It would be like a double dip. Sounds like back-to-back with the Napa Safeway event. So that'd At Harding nice. Park. But the big sacrifice, Harding Park, if they're going to do this, they have to relinquish the 2026 President's Cup, according to Ron Kroichik's SF Chronicle. Who'd you, who do you think the tours would replace that 2026 uh, President's Cup with? A uh, little place in the heartland called TPC Inatech. You can play there in September. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> that would it's be a birdie so... fest. That, well, birdie I, I, fest. TPC Inatech is kind of tough. Sneaky hard course. Is it? Mm-hmm. I thought the Memphis Open, the St. Jude before. Wasn't it's, that always like a 20 under? It's like a 10 under wrong? thing. Okay. It's a sneaky okay. tough course. It's It makes guys hit a lot of uh, mid, mid irons. Okay. All right. Sorry. I don't mean to downgrade. I'm not trying to dog DPC. So that's other news. Would be good. You're, you're afraid of the Memphis people coming after you. Uh, I love Memphis. This- Fantastic city. Amazing people. Barbecue. I would probably live there in a heartbeat. I just, whatever. We like a Memphis golf tournament there are late love August. This episode. Why? Because we talked about the grit and grind. The Grizz. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Anything else? I mean, obviously, getting Steph Curry involved in golf and the PGA Tour seems like a good idea. Let's work it out. You want to talk about it at the end of last year? A great two-week swing too. Napa to SF. Sign me up. I'll cover those events. (laughs) That'd be good. Would be good. All right. Let's get into uh, Fanvo Friday Junior. Our winner, the Swedish pancake. He won the vote. What was the vote? Was it close? Oh, really close. Uh, Who'd he beat? Burnt Cheeseburger. Yeah, I figured he was a strong nominee. I think it was kind of disingenuous for me to put Burnt Cheeseburger, but not Swedish Pancake. 
Oh God! All right, I just got to say for this event, for this segment, I spent three dollars to read a single archived article on Carl Pedersen. I just like uh, don't say we like took it out of the slush fund so I could read a, an article. The title was too good. It said Carl Pedersen fat and happy. I was like, all right, I got to pay for this. And I, uh, so let's get into it. Five time right. winner on the PGA Tour. Born in Sweden, his dad was a Volvo executive, so they moved around. He lived his first 10 years in Sweden, moved to London for five years, then moved to North Carolina. He went to something called the Grimsley School, which may be a school of note in the Greensboro area. The Grimsley or is that school. Raleigh? Raleigh, somewhere in North Carolina. So he started, he was American, you know, he was in the States by a teenager and then went to NC State. Uh, he's won five times. One year he won the Chrysler. Won the Algarve Portugal Open. So I don't know if I pronounced that right. He won Tampa, which was then known as the Chrysler Championship. He won Memorial, which we've you know spotlighted here in a flashback Friday last year. He won the Wyndham in Greensboro, his hometown event. He won the Canadian Open, and he won the Heritage, two RBC events. Maybe Royal Bank of Canada guy. I'll tell you what, a, a win at the Canadian Open... Big time national open win and memorial. No. Sneaky good career. He, he he might he's got as many wins as Ricky. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not the off course money, but he's got as many PGA tour wins as Ricky. He falls a little short though. He only has three top tens and thirty oh, majors. The majors are tough, tough scene. <laughs> hey, what were what are his career earnings? You'd see that? I Would didn't you guess? Look it up. Guess. He's top fifty in career earnings, so it, it had to be thirty million. Twenty four. Just over twenty four million. He, Although, he I think he played seventeen years. Exemption. Yeah. Now played he's maybe in seventeen years. Yeah. So uh, playing well this week. Top twenty five. Can't can't hate on him for it. He so. got his he got his card in two thousand two through Q school. And okay. uh he wasn't the low sweet in Q school. Did you know that? No. Guess who the low Swede was? 2002? Was it Yarmo? Was that Yarmo's year? <laughs> no. When he came over? No, he that was early 90s, 90s, mid-90s. Who was it? Dick Johnson. Oh! <laughs> Our good friend. We've had segments on Dick, right? Also known as Richard Johnson. <laughs> Still grinding in South Florida, <laughs> making hay. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so he was low Q, low sweet at Q school. Yeah, too. Okay. He won the GMO one year, so you know another tour winner, another Swedish tour winner. Yep. He has as many tour wins as uh, as uh, Jesper had. Okay. Trails only. Five. I think Stenson's got the most tour wins for Sweden. So, I mean, we should note he won by five. At Harbortown, you know his memorial win was by two. You know he's, he's accomplished. A good player. Yeah, he got up to twenty ninth in the world rankings. Yep, and uh, his best year was o two. He had his best major finish. He won the Heritage, and he had a bunch of other top tens. He had two runner ups that year too, um, and a third, and then I think four other top tens. So he had like seven top tens and a win. Okay. A quick anecdote on, on college. You know, his coach, NC State, Richard Sykes, said he's pretty much a Southern guy. He was a solid ball striker. He noticed when he first recruited Peterson at Grimsley, he had to wait because Peterson went 
to Central Alabama Community College, where he was a two-time junior college individual national champion. Central Alabama Community College. Wow. And he was two-time All-American at NC State. And he, where he earned a, I don't know what this means, where he earned a reputation as a fun guy. <laughs> I read the same article. I was what is the that thing. a euphemism for? Just he loves to, you know, I don't know what that means. Well, he uh, could be a partier. He could be just a goofball. Let me tell you something. Guy. He, uh, on his PGA Tour profile, his special interests are sports. <laughs> That's it? That's it. Not, he doesn't want to go deer hunting in Iowa just or anything sports. like this? Oh my god! <laughs> That's that doesn't okay. All right, whatever. Uh, did you see the thing about facial hair? Yes, go for His it. His coach, NC State coach, hated facial hair, and Peterson wanted a goatee. Peterson, am I saying that Pat- right? Peterson. Peterson. Shit. Peterson wanted a goatee, so the coach and player cut a deal that whenever Peterson finished top five, the goatee would survive for another tournament. Goatee bets with his coach. He roomed with uh, Tim Clark and uh, Mark Ternesia. Pretty good team. Three of those, those three on it. You know who Mark um, Ter- Mark Ternesia is a regular. South Florida? On the minor league golf tour. Yeah. Ternessa. Plays with Brooksy every now. Ternessa, shit. Plays with Brooksy once or twice in the Zurich event, I think. Um, so solid team. He was a whole lot of fun, whatever that means, so. Everybody on the team just loved him. That's Patterson picked up his log putter from Tim Clark. From Clark. So what do you make of that? I mean, he, he, he watched his teammate, Tim Clark, in college do the lawn putter to great success. He tried it himself, did well with it. This is kind of the you know, age-old debate on anchoring. Like, is it learned? Is it by choice? This is a, a tool that was available to, to you and you chose it and you got good at it as opposed to using it as a crutch, right? Some guys use it as a crutch. Some guys like started younger. I don't know. What do you, what? it feels unfair to have it pulled out from under him. I don't know. Well, he certainly felt that way. He was very outspoken about it. And I don't know if you read. The, so obviously this is a big part of his story is the anchor band yeah. because he's yep. extraordinarily outspoken about it. And something I yep. found in an article, um, I think it was from Damon Hack. Yeah, it was. I, it was from Damon Hack. Uh, he he talked about how he goes. Mike Davis called him. He goes, executive Mike uh, director Mike Davis tried to call him a few weeks ago. I didn't know it was him, so it went right to my voicemail. And this is during the period of time. When they're soliciting feedback on this rule. Uh-oh. Okay. Did okay. he call him back? No, Peterson said. Or Patterson. Patterson. <laughs> I, I jinxed you into that. I, I just wanted... I just didn't want to talk about it, and there's nothing I could do. They're literally in a period <laughs> where they're soliciting... Feedback. Feedback. And Mike Davis called him. That's sort of like the Andrew Landry. I don't have a rule book. I don't need to know the rules. I mean, you got to at least try. And Pedersen, like all the writers knew, oh, if I want to just drum up some controversy for an article on the long run, let's go talk to Carl Pedersen. He'll say (laughs) something about it. And and meanwhile, the the executive director of the USGA is soliciting feedback and trying to get a hold of you, and you're not picking up the phone. You're not calling him back. Seems like he kind of did it to himself. Yeah, yeah. 
I kind of think uh, he talked himself into the this ending his career. You think that he psyched himself out? Didn't even try. I mean, Webb figured out a a way around uh, to be great at putting, even be great player. So yeah, uh, Key Bradley, you know, still working of. through it. <laughs> still working through it. Kind of figured it out. <laughs> Adam Scott, you know, sometimes just carries two putters in his bag and final rounds of major championships. So there's different levels of adaptation once the band came in hey so. did you read about the Ryder cup in 2012 yeah oh, i read a lot about the Ryder cup this, swedish pancake man this was incredible he, he was a man without a home <laughs> couldn't play for either team right so, i mean people so were he's a nat- worked he, up about this he's a naturalized american citizen at this point yeah so a ri- in the beginning of 2012 after his win the question was what team is he going to play on because he's playing great golf. What team is he going to play on? Because they were thinking he was going to be able to pick if he could play on the American or the European team because he was a, a, a uh, citizen, a naturalized citizen. We're talking Medina. I right? thought it was Valhalla. 12th. 12th. Okay. Was it 12th? I think it was Medina was both times I read it. It was when he was like within striking distance. He kept talking about getting Ollie's attention and DL3's attention. Like... They were like, he is certainly, a, I, I don't know, whatever season he had was of the caliber that he could have been on either team, allegedly, you know, so 2012. So he, then they said, no, he can't play on America's team because he's not American born and he would have qualified for points for an American team. But then he didn't pick up, he didn't pick up European tour membership. Yeah, he didn't want to do it. I mean, that's an easier one to like. It's a harder one to have sympathy for him, right? He could have done it. He could have, I mean, but he, he would have had fewer events. He would have had to join like middle of the summer after Harbor Town, basically. It was when he started to become potential for the world points list. So the, the U.S. rule, though, if he had taken up citizenship before he turned 18, the story would be different because there was a new rule in 2002. You know, players, you had to be American born, but in 2002, it was, I think you had to be a citizen before you were 18. But he didn't turn. He didn't become an American citizen. I don't think um, till 2012 this year. But in 2002, he was 24, and it was like the furthest thing from his mind was, uh, you know, establishing either. He was on the Euro Tour then. He, it just never seemed like a thing that he'd want to do, become a, a citizen. So he he talked about. It. He goes, "Yeah, I know. I'm Swedish. I've spent the majority of my life here in the states. I honestly feel more American than Swedish. I became an American citizen this year." This is 2012. I've got dual citizenship. I love America. It's a great country. It's given me everything I have, and I want to be a part of that country. I know I'm from Sweden, but I've lived here so long. I'm very American. And think so. about what his college coach said. He's just he's a southern, southern guy. guy. <laughs> what is he? They say he has a he has a pull behind pig cooker. Do you know what that is? I assume it's like a smoker or something. He's a big fan of North Carolina barbecue and has his own pull behind pig cooker. So. Um, Let's talk about uh, 09. Okay. So in 09, he he felt like he needed to trim down to play better. Oh, God. Yeah. So he worked out more. This is the fat and happy article I paid for. He dropped 30 pounds, and then he couldn't swing the club. He sucked. 30 pounds. He played well. First of all, he played great in 08. Yeah. 
He goes, he wins the Wyndham, I think. He's like, the next step in my evolution is I'm going to drop, get fit. That was drops the Valhalla year that a lot of people wanted him picked for the European team that year, oh, too. And okay. Fel- Feldo uh, made some head-scratcher picks, like the, according to British press. And I saw in one article, they were like, did did Faldo forget that Pedersen was, was European? Well, he wasn't on the Euro Tour, though, even then, I, right? They wanted him as a captain's pick because he won Wyndham like the week, the week of the uh, picks, you know, and he had been playing really good golf. The way, by the way, the way the Euro writers like write, wrote about his predicament of like, it was just the dramatic way those guys write about these. They made it sound like a human rights violation that he couldn't play for either team. It's like he's just, it's like a grave injustice that he can't play for either team, just a total victim of these rules. And I mean, it is shitty. He can't play, but he could have tried to play the Euro Tour. He, he said, you know, Luke Donald did it, but I, I have a family on family. I don't want to go back and forth across the Atlantic. Just the way those guys wrote about it was just hilarious. The, the the, but 09, okay. So the, uh, he drops the weight. The, uh, 09, he missed 10 of 15, uh, missed the cut in 10 of 15 tournaments and withdrew yeah. from two others. <laughs> He's slim. slim. He's slim, though, right? Oh, yeah. Trim. Trim, whatever. He lost 30 pounds. And he, and so the other thing about this is he lost this weight and he's a he never had a swing coach. Yeah, always the feel, feel. Maybe an eye, an outside eye, would look at it, but never had a coach, his own coach. So, so. something must have happened, maybe with his body that his swing just didn't work. Slimmed down. I love the lead of this article that I got. Save the fitness trailer for the rest of the PGA Tour. Carl Pedersen knows he's fine the way he is. <laughs> Don't body shame me. I'm fine the way I am. Uh, ultimately, quote, this is him speaking, ultimately, just because you don't look like an athlete doesn't mean you're not an athlete. We're not running a marathon out here. Ask that to Abe answer. We're walking 18 holes. We're not running a marathon out here. We're walking 18 holes. So he remembers 2009, he trimmed out. That, yeah. What, what? They asked him, was like, what's the regimen to get back, get fat and happy? goes well you drink 10 beers and eat a tub of ice cream before bed that puts it on quickly i think he was joking but it's an all-time quote you're giggling over there well he's got That's the big smoker he travels <laughs> around with too. the pull behind I pig cooker i don't know if that is a, a uh i don't i it might be a serious one <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you eat, drink 10 beers and eat a tub of ice cream before bed. He got back, he got fat again and started winning again. So that That's that's the story of how losing weight sent him astray. Anything else on that? Nothing else on that. Let's- Just to double down off that quote, we had someone DM us who's like really good friends and I lost it. Good friends with him. Says he's like the absolute best dude ever. Just like someone who would say that quote. You know, and every band, just a goofball, a great person to hang around with. And I'm sorry I lost the name and I can't credit you. But Carl Pedersen sounds like a guy you want to have in your weekend game. So, all right. All right. Should now we the, move on? The anchor, let's do the anchor band real quick. Okay. I got a okay. few other things. A few other quotes. Okay. It feels, I think this is from the David Hack article. It feels, okay. a, it feels a bit like a witch hunt to me. 
It was a pure reaction to Keegan and Ernie and Webb. They keep harping on the younger generation using them, but I think they're going to ban it because it looks bad. But if you have strong arguments from other players too, um, it seems silly to ban something that's been around for 40 years. It's unfortunate. I feel like I'm 16 years behind because I haven't putted with anything else for 16 years. And this is in 2012. He's talking yeah. about the, the rule went into effect in 2016. <laughs> he said that in 2012. Yeah, he's hollering. Okay, because that's when they well, started talking just... about it. Remember, there's yeah. like a four-year grace period. Uh, yes. Yep. I remember it. There's there's no argument that it's a better way to putt because then everybody would be using it. If it was easy, everybody on the PGA Tour would be using it. So I don't know where they got that from. It's just a different way of putting. I mean, that was the run. I mean, you had the high-profile wins, right? Keegan Bradley won 2011 at Atlanta Athletic Club. Adam Scott wins the 2012 Masters. It's just like you had a run of anchoring major winners, and people got spooked about it. One thing I picked up from the uh, 08 Valhalla where they were wanted him picked yeah. was they talked about how Faldo, Faldo phoned his friend Poulter and said, Oi, Ra- Raquel, put, on your, put your overcoat on. It's time to go to the Ryder Cup. And then he called Mon- Monty to break the bad news that he wasn't playing. Yeah. And there was no, no reply. And he said, and Faldo said, it was probably because Monty was watching football or shopping. <laughs> what the Faldo just throwing daggers at the guy he didn't pick? Yeah. Like, why do you have to? <laughs> so, the anchor ban went into effect in 2016. Yep. He's played in 56 tour events since then, web and PGA tour events. How many cuts has he made? 14. You're right. Really? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. There you go. Unbelievable. I can't believe you got that right. <laughs> I will say he's 42, which makes him eight years away from a much more benevolent ruling, much more benevolent oversight <laughs> on anchoring. So maybe just hold tight, keep get, start practicing again with the old method. Keep, and you can join eating, the keep most eating ex- ice cream. <laughs> keep eating ten beers in the tub of ice cream before bed, and you got eight years, and you'll be, you know, maybe top of the Schwab Cup come eight years from now. Okay. Anything else on Pedersen? No. God, that was a long ass segment on Pedersen. I thought we were going to do a quick pen light. That was more of a, a flashlight. Can we, so. Do we have time for a quick flashback Friday? I think we have a lot of time for it's our podcast. We can make it three hours. All yeah, right. let's talk. All right, flashback Friday. We're going to 2005. Okay. This caught my eye. Bart Bryant wins by one shot over Fred Couples. (laughs) Posted about him on Instagram. The BB gun. I just started calling him. (laughs) You like that one? (laughs) Bart Bryant. He looks like a Bart. I'll tell you that. Like He just looks like someone that's named Bart Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know who came in third was tiger no. tiger <laughs> fred couples and tiger <laughs> oh god great so 
He uh, he birdies <laughs> 17. Yeah. He gets a one-shot lead into 18. He hooks his ball over by the water on 18. <laughs> and he, it's not in the water, but he can't. He'd have to, like, get a, all off, his shoes off and everything. He decides to take the drop. <laughs> he, so he what? takes the drop. He takes oh, okay, the drop. Okay. And okay. He, he makes par. He makes a 15-footer for par to, to win. Essentially, after taking a drop on the last hole, <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, so Brian <laughs> turned pro in '86 after two All American campaigns at uh, at New Mexico State. Oh, he, okay. he had a shoulder injury. He had surgery on his shoulder, both elbows. He had just he was like all these injuries. He didn't Ooh. win until the year before. He won the the Valero Open in 04, which was played the same week as a Ryder Cup week. So it was basically like an opposite what? field event. Huh. So okay. He he had he made 187 starts on tour before his first win, and he'd made it out of Q school six times, six different times before the 04 Valero. So then How do you he, get both elbows? I don't I don't know. Isn't it one elbow that would probably be barely, both elbows? Rotator cu- uh, cuff and both both elbows. Okay. All right. So sorry. Q school. What do you, you got out? Okay. Continue. I don't know. Sorry. Was he playing baseball or something? Rotator cuff and elbows. How many two-time All-Americans come from New Mexico State? I know. It's kind of crazy. His brother, him and his brother, both won on the PGA Tour. His brother's Brad Bryant. <laughs> Another BB gun. The BB gun junior. <laughs> Brad and Bart Bryant. Holy <laughs> The Aggies. New Mexico State. So Oh God, my Google account just got signed out. What an uh <laughs> Okay. Well, uh so No, he, you're good. I gotta, I gotta get this back up. But he, it was his 187th start. He wins the Valero Texas Open. Um, wow! And uh, Brad and Bart, they both won on the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour. Whoa! <laughs> and the brother, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember Brad Bryan. I might remember him better more than I remember Bart, <laughs> but I don't know. Do you know what his full name is? No, I looked, I saw, but I don't. Barton Holen, Barton Holen Bryant. He goes by Bart. Where's so. he from again? Gainesville, Texas looks like was where he was born. Mm-hmm. Son of a Baptist pastor. I went to New Mexico State. So, so about his journey, this is the David Hack article. I don't know where okay. the quotes were from. The other Another one. Damon Hack no, article? No, no, this is the Damon. I was confused. Okay, okay, all right. I did this a while ago. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't, no, you're good. I didn't you're do good. a good job citing sources tonight. Fantastic. So this is after the win. Uh, there were There were times when I'd lie in bed and say, what am I doing? I need to provide for my family. Um, he said he almost gave up on golf like in recent years for a steadier paycheck. But my wife, Kathy, Kathy, told me to be patient and said, you'll win. It's only a matter of time. To walk off the 18th green and have Mick, Mr. Nicholas waiting to shake your hand is beyond comprehension. For me, this was a, about validation for myself. A lot of guys were not there at the Texas Open. I needed to know I could compete with Tiger Woods and Vijay Singh. I'm boring. Bart Bryant. 
It just doesn't roll off your tongue. I don't know why. I'll have to talk to my mom and dad about that. <laughs> not a fan of his own name? Is that what we're yeah, getting at? I'll tell you what, Jack didn't seem like a fan at the trophy ceremony. Judging by the photos, didn't look thrilled. I mean, you have Fred Couples and Tiger. I mean, you know, it doesn't scream elevated status. I'll tell you that. So, so he didn't make it to on tour till he's twenty eight. Didn't win till he's forty one, and then he ended up okay. winning three times. He won again yeah. that year at the Tour Championship. So what? Yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah. Wow. So at, good career, great year at Atlanta. He beat Tiger Woods by six shots. Broke the tournament scoring record that had been held by Phil Mickelson. So as of 2012, when this ESPN article had been written, Woods had never finished farther behind as a runner-up than Bart Bryant. It goes like with the Tiger stopper, Ed Fiore. uh, Yeah. The The gripper. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, Y.E. Yang, it goes into this, like, obscure guys that beat Tiger. It, sure. He, that Tiger never gotten beaten so badly when he finished second than by Bart Bryant. <laughs> Bart Bryant. <laughs> so that year, he, he had never finished higher than 80th on the money list. He ended that year with more than $3.2 million in earnings and finished ninth on the money list. <laughs> <laughs> what a year. Shot to the top. So he's got the opposite of uh, Woody Austin syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce says it took longer than usual for him to succeed because he was afraid to fail. Oh, my God. It's the opposite of Woody. <laughs> he vowed this week not to be intimidated by his surroundings. Amazing. So that's it. That's that's your Bart Bright. So he won, he's won twice on the Champions Tour. He won the uh, Dick Sporting Goods event. Twice. Why doesn't he get a past Champions exemption like Carl Pedersen and others? That's good you know why is BB Gun not a? Why did he... maybe you should tweet at Jack Nicholas? Why didn't the BB Gun get past Champs? You think Jack reads that? Maybe. You think Jack reads his replies? Someone who texted us. I think Sean Bar ah, no someone someone texted us today or in the last week about the saddest thing in the world is people who reply to DJ, Dustin Johnson tweets <laughs> thinking like that any anybody is actually looking at that or DJ is going to read it like it's just sad scrolling through that I don't know who texted us that but it's a great call um, all right one last note about Pedersen did you see the other famous Carl Pedersen no and this uh. Dovetails with our Wednesday episode. I wanted to do a, a fan vote Friday Junior on this Carl Pedersen, a Swedish sailor who became the king of Tabar Island in Papua New Guinea after he was shipwrecked in 1904. So that's your sailor affinity. You could have done Carl Pedersen the sailor instead of the anchor. So, all right. <laughs> Michael Lord tweeted back at me some pictures from Scrivener's. Uh, Instagram page that he's been on a boat recently. <laughs> the king of the high seas, Jason man, Scribner. The man of the high seas. <laughs> oh, God. We're off the rails. All right. Everyone enjoy your Fridays. Everyone enjoy your weekends. Do you have any other parting thoughts? Anything I just, you I'm going to be thinking about the BB gun all, all weekend. <laughs> what a great nickname. <laughs> he's got to be exempt. we got to get him back in.
All right, everybody enjoy your weekends. Thank you for your continued support, your continued listening, and uh, really appreciate it. The, uh, the championship stretch approaches. So talk to you on Monday. Mm-hmm.